You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio. Honest conversations, love notes, and strategies to grow a business while building a life grounded in deep integrity. I'm Megan Hale, integrity expert, bringing mindset and energetic wisdom to help you show up braver, go all in, and expand into your fullest expression. Let's do this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Wild and Holy Radio, the place to be for mindset and energetic wisdom mixed with smart, intuitive business strategy to help you show up braver, go all in, and expand into your fullest expression. I am your host, Megan Hale, business mentor and leadership coach, and if you are new around here, a huge, big welcome. I'm so glad that you're tuning into the show. And since you're new, if you're new, I definitely want to point you to the money series that we just wrapped up, which are episodes 27 through 44, as we laid a lot of powerful groundwork for the earning series, which we are currently in. Okay. So you're still going to get a lot out of this episode, but definitely go and check out the money series and then come right back and join us here. So I have been sitting with our episode topic for, oh, a little bit now, and I am so glad to be bringing it to you this week, especially as we dive deeper into increasing your revenue and some of the biggest roadblocks we are likely going to encounter along the way. But before we do, I wanted to send a little update for you on just some things that I have been pushing through lately, Um, especially if you don't follow me on social, there's a couple of things that I want to point you to just to make sure that we are all on the same page as we are continuing to evolve and grow together. So Since its inception, um, Wild and Holy has been a brand that has been rooted in integrity. And with that, you know, integrity is a verb, meaning that the way it shows up in the world in action is going to shift and evolve as we shift and evolve, right? And there's an old saying that goes, when you know better, you do better. And although I think that's true to a certain extent, I also think it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, First of all, I think that there are two different types of knowing that have to line up. There's the cognitive knowing, which is information-based, like when you learn something different, right? And then there's spiritual knowing, which is kind of a timing-based concept, but also an intuitive knowing, right? It's very much related to values. So cognitive knowing and action work together through our self-will or willingness, while our spiritual knowing and action work together through readiness, okay? Willingness can be cultivated and even forced, right? While readiness, on the other hand, is kind of like a wild animal. Like it cannot be contained. It shows up on its own time and it just does what it wants. (laughs) That's my experience with it anyway. So I have had experiences where my willingness showed up before readiness, right? Like I was willing to make the change, but I wasn't really truly ready to shift into something new. And that led to lots of false starts and an inability to maintain change. Maybe you've been there. Similarly, I have had readiness show up before willingness. I was truly ready to make that shift, but I was really scared of actually doing it, right? So I had to work through my fears of judgment or um, whatever was showing up for me at that time, right? And when I was in that in-between stage, that is when I would feel like the deepest out of integrity because my soul knew something that I was not willing to take action on yet. Maybe you also relate to that experience. However, I have found that the true magic happens when readiness and willingness arrive at the same time. It is here where things are in their deepest alignment and we can create massive shifts super fast, almost in half the time, okay? So I mention this because 
just because you know better doesn't mean you always do better. It can take some time for that readiness and willingness to line up. But when you're in the middle of that waiting period, there's always the option of a pause. And it's here where I want to give you an example because this can really allow you to stand in deeper integrity until you kind of figure out some other big pieces, okay? So a couple of years ago, I started having some mixed feelings around some of my personal spiritual practices. And through my own personal work of learning about systems of oppression and more specifically cultural appropriation and white supremacy, I started to question just how much of my rituals were really my own. And 2017 was a really big year of starting to awaken to topics like privilege, white centering, and how feminism was really missing the boat on being intersectional. And it was this year that really asked me to take pause and take a good hard look at my life like how much I had been both impacted by white supremacy, but also all the ways I was still upholding it. And if you're interested in kind of hearing a more personal perspective on this, I definitely wanna invite you to check out episode 14 from season one, where I talk about this more in depth. That episode got a lot of great feedback um, back when it was released, and I think that you would really appreciate it. So definitely go and take a listen. So. A year after that, in 2018, you know, these questions were still with me. They were hanging in the air, creating this like thick tension. And if you're new to the show, 2018 was a, a huge year of transition and just an adjustment in just about every single area of my life. It was a lot to hold. And I knew that I didn't have the energy or bandwidth to really dive a whole lot deeper into why I was feeling the way that I was around some of my spiritual practices. But what I decided at the time is that if it felt off, it probably was, right? And until I could put a finger on why I was feeling the way I did, I simply decided to take pause on the practices that felt questionable. And mainly these included Burning Sage and Palo Santo, okay? So I ended up joining a year-long program a few months later with Laren Alta, who, if you don't know Laren, she is like otherworldly. Like she is, she's probably one of the most potent space holders I've ever worked with in my life. Like she just has this ability to hold space for the biggest questions, but also to ask them. And it was inside this container, I was really invited to sit with my own questions, my own discomfort, and really arrive at my own answers around privilege, truth, and cultural appropriation amongst many others. And something really powerful happens when you sit in community with a diverse group of people, people from different backgrounds and nationalities, races, sexual orientations, histories, lived experiences, right? And hearing the world through very different lenses was perhaps one of the most powerful pieces of that year. But what I arrived to is that I was far more comfortable using rituals and practices other cultures had been persecuted for versus doing the vulnerable work of recovering my own. So in my lineage, which is full of Nordic roots, so we're talking about witches and heretics, right? One of them even being hung during the Salem witch trials. Um, you know, my people practice a lot of things that are seen as witchcraft today, right? And until I was ready to practice the customs my own lineage had been burned at the stake for, it didn't feel in integrity with me 
to claim other cultural practices that were being kind of used with white mainstream acceptance when the very people from who these rituals originated were persecuted, stolen from, harmed, killed, mostly by people in my own lineage, right? So there's a lot of layers to all of this for sure. And there, I think there was also this bigger question of, you know, the question I was sitting with is how can I truly honor these rituals and customs when I don't really know these, these rituals and customs, right? So I wrote a whole post about this that I'll link to in the show notes, really inviting you to look at your own practices and to explore your own lineage. But moreover, I wanted to be crystal clear that here at Wild and Holy, we take a great deal of responsibility in loving the world forward and blending the spiritual and political, because I think this is how it has always been intended. And the past two years especially have shown me the world through a completely different lens than I was awakened to. And when we know better, we do do better. Yes, right? But we also do something bigger than better when we start talking about it, okay? So as Wild and Holy evolves and I evolve in my own leadership, I want my clients and listeners, you who are listening right now, to know that these are the types of questions I encourage you to get clear on, or really around the impact that you want to make in the world. How can you use your platform even more to be an agent of change, right? And those answers are only going to come from doing your own inner work, okay? So that's the first thing that I wanted to share. Second, for the past few months, I have been donating 5% of my revenue to different organizations. Um, being a 5% giving company was one of my 2019 goals. Um, if you tuned into the GBB Goals Masterclass inside the Grounded CEO Masterclass, you know that I talked about this structural shift that I was making with how I was stewarding my money in order to reach this goal. But to be completely honest, I really didn't know what I was most passionate about. So I committed to donating to different things that I believed in, like supporting Together Rising, which is Glennon Doyle's nonprofit that supports domestic and international philanthropy. Um, I've given to single mothers in my community after experiencing firsthand last year during the deployment just how much rests on their shoulders day in and day out, and that was without the pressure of being the sole financial provider, to supporting therapy for black girls, to make sure black women are getting the mental health support they need need to bring their magic to the world, right? But a few weeks ago, my passion finally hit me and I am <laughs> smiling just talking about it. So, you know, as entrepreneurs, we spend so much of our journey learning how to connect to our inner power, um, fostering self-confidence to do brave things and becoming our fullest expression to make a difference in the world. And I know that you know that a lot of that journey is healing from the past but also learning the emotional and mental tools to be your best self. That really allows you to drive your dreams forward and serve your purpose loudly in the world, right? As a mama to two little boys these days, you know, I can't help but wonder what would happen if we empowered our children with the same tools from a much earlier age? What impact would they be able to make in the world if the learning curve was shortened for them? If they were taught emotional coping skills and empowering thoughts that not only allowed them to have healthier relationships with those they love, but more importantly, with themselves. And it was here that I remembered this old family connection who was starting a nonprofit to get meditation in schools, right? And so I reached out to him uh, just 
the last week, I think, just to catch up with him on his progress. And he shared with me that his mission has really expanded to encourage legislation to put social and emotional learning in schools, okay? And that got me really excited because like, can you imagine if our children had classes on happiness and love, of being your best self, of emotional coping, self-awareness, relationship skills, like all the things that science has proven over and over again lead to more self-empowerment that far increases the chances for happier and healthier lives. So this was the same motivation that led me to becoming a therapist and definitely what led me to becoming a business coach of really empowering people to have happier and healthier lives, right? So of course, which I'm laughing to myself now, like this is the larger impact I want to make in the world. Like it just took me a long time to see it. And it's probably why I love Together Rising so much as it focuses on being an agent of love in the world. Like what if we could raise more love warriors, right? So I am just at the beginning stages of looking at all the organizations who are doing this work, um, how I want to get involved, how I can get involved, where I can start funding some change. But I just had to share this clarity with you because it is so exciting. Like what I envision in the future is bringing entrepreneurs together into maybe like this inner power initiative where we're collectively supporting legislative change of bringing social and emotional learning into schools to love our next generation forward. And together, like we'll be focusing on generating more money so we can give more money that creates a powerful ripple effect for years and years to come. Okay. I hope you are nodding yes right about now, right? Because isn't this what it's all about? Except when we're struggling to get our businesses to generate consistent revenue, thinking about that bigger impact can be really, really challenging. Why? Because even our businesses work off of a hierarchy of needs, okay? Like when we're worried about having enough money to keep going, the idea of giving is usually low on the list unless you're using giving as a motivator for earning, which I talked about in the Grounded CEO Masterclass, right? So if you have not taken that Masterclass yet, please go do it because it is not going to be free for much longer, okay? So go and take that now. I will put a link to it in the show notes. So earning more to give more is one of the ways that we start diving into our theme for today's episode, the power of money. Because being able to be a bigger earner opens all kinds of doors for you and what you're able to support in the world, whether that's funding a nonprofit, backing a political candidate, raising funds for research, you name it. Like this is the power of money, friends, the power of change, the power of hope, the power of support, the power of love. But that's not exactly what I have planned for us today. What I really want to talk about is how you shy away from earning more money because of the power it brings you. And oh my goodness, this is such a good conversation. I'm so excited. So buckle up, here we go. So in 2015, I read Sacred Success by Barbara Stanny, who has since remarried with the new last name, Barbara Hosen. So go check her out on social. Back then, I was preparing to interview her for the Enoughness Revolution. And trust me when I say this book has so many gems, but the chapter I refer back to again and again is actually chapter one, which is titled Women, Wealth, and Power. Oh my. <laughs> in it, Barbara lays the groundwork for the argument that it isn't money we shy away from as women. 
it's the power it gives us. And she has this amazing quote by Hannah Rosen, where she says, the closer women get to real power, the more they cling to the idea that they are powerless. And that's a big statement, right? And I want to really break this down for you because the way we cling to the idea of powerlessness can be a little sneaky. For instance, how many times have you been in the middle of a big expansion, like feeling the way your heart is leading you to take a big leap, only to feel crippled with confusion or self-doubt, right? Like you tell yourself, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know what I want, or simply I don't know, right? How many times do you utter that phrase to yourself? And it's this tiny little statement that keeps you stuck, stuck, stuck from taking action. Like if you have ever been stuck on the I don't know train, I know you know what I'm talking about. And this is partly why I don't say I don't know anymore and have replaced it with my favorite affirmation. I know what I need to know when I need to know it because I do and so do you. Barbara goes on to explore the ideas we're taught growing up that powerful women are too ambitious, intimidating, and controlling, right? Meaning we'll push away our options for partners who are brave enough to partner with us. It's better, read safer in air quotes, to have smaller dreams, not use your voice, go with the flow, take care of other people, than it is to prioritize the things that fuel your fire, your energy, and your power, okay? Not to mention, the most powerful women of all, like witches in my own lineage, were literally burned at the stake for wielding their intuitive power, okay? For centuries, our power has been discouraged. Are you hearing me? <laughs> Does it come as any surprise to you then that when it comes to attaining financial power, we wonder if we're really enough, if we can trust ourselves with it, if we'll know what to do with it, if we even want to hold the responsibility that comes with it, to open ourselves up to all the judgment that might come from being a leader, for instance. And so what do we do instead? We keep our light dim, we keep our voices small, we keep our messaging meek instead of polarizing, we keep our personal opinions and values hidden, we don't rock the boat. So not only are we shying away from the very things that will earn us more money, but we're subconsciously shying away from our power. That it's not only okay for us to take up space with all of who we are, but it's equally okay for us to be paid well for it and be proud for doing so, okay? Girls are taught humility and grace from a very early age, and these are values I stand by, right? But they have been grossly misinterpreted for women to mean meek and quiet, to fit in and shrink down, to step aside when we're challenged versus boldly standing our ground. You know, one of the things that I had to realize during my money work, which is ongoing by the way, but there was a period of time and I was really heavily focused on money specific work, is that money is a result of me getting comfortable with my power, of believing in myself and my offerings, of standing in my values 
and re being okay, like repelling people who have different values than me, right? Of being vocal about the world I want to see and being unapologetic in my pursuit of helping to create it. Power is getting comfortable with all the good you bring, but also believing in all the good you are still capable of bringing, of really trusting yourself here, of starting to see yourself like your biggest fan sees you. Because it's here that we start to get comfortable standing in our power, but also getting a feel for how we want to intentionally hold it in the world. How many times have you been scared of being wealthy because of who it will change you into? How many times have you been scared of not knowing what to do with more money than you could imagine because you don't know enough about being smart with it? How many times have you been scared of having to set boundaries around your money so you've subconsciously shied away from making any? How many times have you been scared of how more money will shift the dynamics of your marriage or other relationships if you are the top earner, okay? What most of us think is that earning is about money, but it's really not. It's about power. It's about getting blissfully, deliciously comfortable being powerful, seeing yourself as powerful, letting yourself be seen as powerful, standing fully in your power, and holding it in a way that makes you feel strong and whole, intentional and grounded. And the very tricky thing with all of this is that none of these things are things that we can think our way through. We have to trust ourselves through them, okay? Because the truth is, you don't know how your marriage will respond to you making more money until you earn it. You won't know how hard those boundaries are to hold around your money until you have to set and maintain them. You won't know how well you manage extra funds until you're managing them. You won't know who more money will allow you to be until you're making it, right? And I would venture to say, like what if it turns out even better than you imagined, right? Play the what ifs to your favor. Because the fears that are keeping you from more earning, those self-sabotaging fears aren't around money, babe. They are about trusting yourself. And more specifically, they're about trusting yourself with more power to be a good steward of it. So I mention all these things this week because I think it is very easy to fall into the fallacy that you have money blocks and whatnot, right? But it's very rarely about the money. It's who you think you need to be to earn more. Hint, it's always more of who you are, okay? Who you think you'll become and or the conflicts, problems, judgments, criticisms, or challenges you think more money will create, which are all merely hypotheses that you are letting run this show. What would happen if you could trust yourself to become the person you wanted to be in the midst of those challenges? What would happen if you allowed your most powerful self to take her seat at the table?
to lead it. If you want to earn more money, start by getting comfortable being more powerful, of taking up space, of being independent, which might feel like being too strong, too opinionated, too ambitious, too much, right? Of having free reign to make decisions and more importantly, taking on that responsibility. Because I want you to think about how necessary these are to grow your business. How much are you self-sabotaging your earning because deep down you don't really want the responsibility of leadership, stewardship, or being in deeper relationship with your money? Like, be honest with yourself, okay? Be honest. Because once I got honest with myself of how I was scared, I was scared of more earning because I was scared of more power, I was like, oh, <laughs> got it. I guess I need to trust myself more here. That was one key shift where things really started to change. So as Barbara Hussein says, money does not give us power, but it does give us choices. Our power comes from the choices we make. Choices that reflect who we are, not what someone else wants. Choices that accelerate our growth, not accommodate others. Think about how you do this on a daily basis. Think about it. Think about how you don't take up space. Think about how you shrink yourself down. Think about how you make choices that are more for pleasing other people than they are for prioritizing you and your business, okay? Ultimately, claiming our power is an act of individuation, distinguishing what's true for us from what's been artificially imposed by our family or society as a whole, and then letting go of what no longer serves us. If you are a longtime listener of my podcast, especially The Enoughness Revolution, you know that I share this poem by Walt Whitman and Leaves of Grass. And my favorite, favorite line of that is when he says, reject the things that insult your soul. This is so Critical, so critical. Stepping into more earning is about stepping into the radical self-responsibility to be your own person, to make your own decisions, and hold the responsibility for making sound ones. It's about pushing through society's limitations and stories around women, wealth, and power. We have a sacred invitation to step into more earning and into more power, to shift the world forward, to create power structures that are grounded in a dynamic of power with versus power over, okay? We have an invitation to shift the way our world works. So last week, we talked with Jaya Rose on the concept of embodiment and really learning how to ground our nervous system so we can do vulnerable, brave things, right? I can think of no braver thing than stepping into our full power as women. No one said it was going to be easy or comfortable, friend, but I think someone did say that it was gonna be worth it, right? <laughs> Spiritually, financially, emotionally, mentally, socially, politically. Take up space. Take a seat at your table and then build a bigger one. That's the power I want to see, the money I want to see, 
and the type of women I want to see building and stewarding both. So if you are fired up from this episode to step into your power, I want to invite you into a high touch one-on-one intensive with me. You, me, and four months of radical business growth where we'll focus on more earning that's sustainable, leadership that is intentional, and getting far more comfortable being the powerhouse you are, okay? We will meet every other week with unlimited Voxer support in between. Your investment is $7.50 a month, and there is one more spot available until my books are full for 2019, okay? So I want you to find a link to schedule a free call with me in the show notes so I can make sure we're a good fit. My specialty is helping service-based businesses create offerings that maximize their strengths while leveraging their time so they can increase their earning and intentional impact. I am all about helping you create strong business foundations that lead to consistent revenue so you can get ready to scale even bigger. So if that's you, let's talk. Until next time, friends, I really want you thinking about this concept of power and money. Are you shying away from money or are you shying away from the power you think it will bring you, okay? If these two things are related, which I know that they must be on some level because there are so many generational stories around women and power and wealth and all these things, I really want you to get more comfortable with owning your power, of standing in it fully, of seeing yourself as powerful, of letting yourself be seen as powerful, and getting comfortable in that role. Because when we start taking up more space in this role of power, when we can trust ourselves to hold it in a way that feels really congruent with who we want to be in the world, let me tell you how dramatically that shifts and how you show up to earn more money, okay? So this is such a huge concept. I'm so glad you tuned in this week. So until next time, here's to the courage to show up braver. Whole heart, full self, full power, all in. We got this.